and welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia. We're trying not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that's now our home. And there has been a lot of road hitting in this last week. Just beating the shit out of that road. We started in Ecuador. Yeah. And now we're here. Yeah. Where is here, Maggie? I don't know what this place is yeah, called. <laughs> that's why. That's why I asked. We're in the Hostel de los Delfines. Yeah, that, yeah. You'll just go ahead and Google that, and you'll know where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, North Peru, still. We're still in northern Peru. Yeah. Um, we've been along the coast, just soaking up the sun rays. But first, let's do an end of Ecuador country summary. Right. We are in Ecuador in Guayaquil at yeah. the end of the last episode. So we went to Quito, Guayaquil. Cotopaxi and the Galapagos in Ecuador. Yeah, and we stayed one night in a pine forest, kind of in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. which was I liked also. Yeah. Um, so. So, what are your thoughts on Ecuador, pal? It's pretty good. I like it. It's small, so it's it's kind of hard to be like, yeah, you know, how does it compare to a huge company uh, country? Company. company. <laughs> yeah, let's compare it to companies. <laughs> compared to Twitter, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's doing a lot better than Twitter. <laughs> Um, um, well, we also skipped a lot in Ecuador because yep. we hustled from Quito to Guayaquil to do the Galapagos trip, which I think was worth it. Yeah. No, no. I, I think we we did a good job. I don't think we gave it uh, as much attention as Colombia, but we also Definitely realized, not. well, I mean, relative to how big it was and how much it had to offer, I think we could have, the only thing we would have maybe done is stay in, I think the city is called Sucre. Well, we skipped Banos. We skipped all those Banos, great crater yeah. lakes and stuff. There are a lot of other stuff going yeah, on. Yeah. We so, didn't do like anything coastal really. Yeah. Um, Guayaquil was enough for us. Well, we didn't exactly do Guayaquil right. And we had a little bit of an incident in Guayaquil. Oh, Adam. Wait, wait. We're, we're all over the place. So we're we doing the, the review <laughs> right, first. Review. We'll get to the uh, calamity uh, in a minute. Calamity. <laughs> um, I would give Ecuador 10 out of 10 manta rays. For it, they're exceptionally clean and well-maintained roads. Oh, absolutely. That was a joy. Yeah. It was definitely easier to drive long distance in Ecuador, mm-hmm. even through pretty extreme terrain. Mm-hmm. I felt like we yeah. went down, what was it? One of the days that we drove in Ecuador, we dropped from like 13,000 feet to uh, to zero feet yeah. when we got to Guayaquil in a matter of like six hours. Yeah. So that was really cool. And that, so that speaks a lot to the safety of the roads or yeah. at least the relative safety of the roads. And I'd also give them like eight emasculated, uh, f- magnificent frigate birds for, <laughs> um, out of 10 emasculated out of 10. <laughs> frigate birds. Exactly. Okay. Uh, for the food, which I thought, was really good consistently. We had a lot of really good meals in Ecuador. Yeah, I, you're right. I don't know why yeah. it's not clicking for me. Like, I guess the Colombian food didn't grate on me as much. I well, we th- weren't there for as long in Ecuador, first of all, so we didn't have time to get sick of the, you know, typical food. Yeah. Um, but also there was just like more spices used in every dish that we had. I'd say. Yeah. So. It was like a little less monotonous and the side of the road food that we got a few times was like real good. Yeah. Yeah. I'd give nine mm-hmm. hammerhead sharks mm-hmm. out of 10 hammerhead sharks mm-hmm. for awe-inspiring national park 
at Cotopaxi. I really like the time we spent camping out nine there. Nine hammerheads it gets. Yeah, nine How many does Galapagos get? That's a uh, national park too. Yeah. I, I, um, I loved it. It was great. <laughs> but I, I like landscapes yeah. and climates that are awe-inspiring. And the Galapagos didn't offer so much of that. There was a few like, whoa, this is a really cool so vista. So how many hammerhead sharks would you give it? Well, it's a different scale for the Galapagos. Oh, what would you give it? Uh, for Overall for what? I'm going to just say positive things. I'm trying to just say positive things. I would give it 10 out of 10 congrejos <laughs> for uh, animal and wildlife, like mm-hmm, viewing. Mm-hmm, that that mm-hmm. was just uh, bonkers. It's yeah. just nothing compares. Yeah. Um, but that's not my cup of tea. But for landscape, what would you give it? Uh, it's okay. Landscape, uh, a five out of ten, or a six of out what? of ten. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is very important and scientific. Six nurse sharks oh, out of ten. <laughs> brutal. Which is kind of yeah, it's pretty mean because they don't have nurse sharks there, so it's sort of that's like, what makes it mean. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, overall, Ecuador. We liked it. We had a yeah. great time. It was a short trip. Yeah. We didn't see a ton. Um, in terms of logistics, mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, just like Clara worked really well. That's one of the main logistic items. The just getting internet, and internet stuff, yeah. on our phones. It was very straightforward, mm-hmm. very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, the process, there weren't military checkpoints all the place. Customs was really easy Customs with them. Customs was very straightforward. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a great country to visit. And I think the assessment Maggie gave of like a starter country, like yeah. if you want to just visit a, a moderately adventurous place, yeah. but also, you know, just to tip your toe, dip your toes into uh, South America, I think Ecuador is a great option. I think so too, especially in terms of accessibility. I noticed that they had better accessibility for like disabled people, like for wheelchair access and the like. Yep. So I think just a stronger infrastructure that makes it very friendly for uh, American tourism. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I'd give it, let's see, like 10 out of 10 baby sea lions for its accessibility for beginning tourists. Mm, delicious, delicious baby sea lions. You've never eaten a sea lion. I'm on to you. You just—they oh, look delicious, though. Oh my god! You know, anyway, they're like the pork of the sea, I think. But while we were in Guayaquil, oh, you're gonna we... you're gonna come back at me with a baby <laughs> sea lion comment. Now Here you're I just come, coming baby. back at me. <laughs> so I did something embarrassing, and it damaged Shadow, and it was very stressful for the afternoon that it happened. Um, I wasn't that stressed. Well, so we parked we parked the car in this hotel that had a smart park small parking lot mm-hmm. that was gated and you know well secured and they wanted obviously to have us park out of the way as much as possible but we have this tailgate that opens so we can't park the rear end of the car too close to a wall uh, or we can't open or it. we can't open the whole rear so i left the tailgate open to measure how much space we had behind the car to make sure that there was enough space to open it and then when we left to go to the Galapagos, I said, well, mm. screw it. Oh, yeah. I might as well just leave this open, you know, no, no big deal. Uh, no one's going to go behind here. There's, it was just a wall behind there. Um, fast forward 10, 11 days later, and we are parked very close to the right-hand wall, too. We're basically parked in a corner. 
Uh, Maggie's trying to put her backpack in the car. Yeah, such that I couldn't load my things in the car until yeah. we moved it. Right, exactly. We're so close to the, the right right-hand wall that Maggie couldn't open the door. So she's like, can you pull out and give me enough space so I can put my backpack in? And I said, sure thing, honey. You <laughs> never call me honey. Sure thing. <laughs> Let me get right on that. And I hopped in the car and I, I forgot to close the tailgate, which was like six inches from the right wall. Well, as I turned the front of the car, it pivoted the back of the car and the tailgate, which is locked in position, scraped up against the wall, preventing the car. I mean, the car is more powerful. It could easily have broken it all the way, but it basically just bent the retaining pin. And the only way that we were able to tell was because I heard the sound of the trasheroo ripping right. almost That's, in half. So we have this backpack strapped to the back of our tire that I really start to miss now that we've damaged it so badly mm-hmm. um we <coughs> <laughs> well you did ask me to move the car it's true so. i didn't i didn't think to close it either um, it's true i totally watched you do it <laughs> so yeah it it bent the retaining pin and i was freaking out because i couldn't close it i couldn't open it and i had to basically shear that pin off completely in order to get the arm to swing but for the first hour i'm trying to take the thing apart and because of the weird awkward position it's in it's in a bent position i can't even dismantle the tire or the the tire carrier or anything on there that would let me take out the broken part so i just had to like really force the broken part more to break it completely and then, luckily enough, uh, the tire carrier still closes. So that was like, my biggest stress is like, we're going to be stuck here for a while while we get some welding done and like some yeah. serious work because this thing might be so bent that we can't even close it. But no. Well, it wasn't that bad. It didn't turn out to be that bad. We did completely destroy, or I guess I shouldn't say completely destroy, we obliterated the structural integrity explain to me the difference between complete destruction and obliteration <laughs> um i didn't say completely obliterated we'll make a new thing <laughs> later called adam's vocabulary corner <laughs> uh, obliterated mm-hmm. versus completely obliterated okay okay you're the modifier is yeah, the difference the modifier i okay. didn't use the completely okay. um because we were able to spend, I, I spent like 30 minutes trying yeah. to duct tape this thing back together. I duct taped the entire top rips, and then I found out the very bottom, like the the structural integrity of the whole thing has been compromised. Yeah. So we tried taping it up, um, and it's the saddest looking thing possible on the back of our car. It's pretty droopy. So from my perspective, what happened was Adam's like, here, I'm going to move the car. And then I hear a ripping sound. And I was like, whoa, 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 stop. And then he started like just immediate freaking out cussing like god damn it i wish i could undo this and it was one of those moments where like it took all of my self-control not to start laughing because <laughs> i could tell you were like legitimately very upset and it is not cool to like laugh at somebody's feelings that are fair but like you know, the worst case scenario is that we had to hang out for a few days while it got fixed. Like, it's not, you know. Yeah, It but didn't damage the structural integrity of the actual car. Like, it, you know. It's part of Shadow, though. It's I, part of Shadow. I, I, I heard hear Shadow. You. I know. You were very sad about that. I kind of feel like so, she hasn't forgiven me. <laughs> Adam's, like, flipping the fuck out. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go get us some food. Because we were both, like, right as we left, we're like, okay, let's go get some lunch. Because we're both really hungry. And I was like, maybe being hangry is, like, contributing to this a little bit. 
So I walked the death march um, from our hotel that was like basically parked alongside of a highway that you then have to cross to where food was. Um, And it's always fun walking anywhere without Adam because I get treated completely differently than when we're together. Uh, So I got a lot of like, I can't do it. That like kissy, gross, wet sound. Yeah. Out of cars. Yes. That was like like a straw. Ew. It's so gross. And they do it out their car windows. And what I want to know is like, has that ever worked? Like, have they ever been like, and then some lady's like, oh, yeah, bring it. Is that it? No. (laughs) Like that? Anyway. So that was fun. And I found us some food. Um, Yeah. It was hilarious. And I just finished fixing the bumper and got it closed. That made me very happy that we could proceed without having to get some work done. So. And then we stayed at a giant poultry farm with a public pool. Yeah, that was weird. Um, <laughs> what the weirdest thing for me was actually four in the morning or four thirty in the morning. There's this rooster that was just going off, and I don't understand. Usually, it's a sunrise thing, and already that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. But when that rooster started crowing at four thirty in the morning, and I looked up, and it was still dark. Like, See, this is why I feel cool eating chicken. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Yeah, they're jerks. <laughs> they deserve to be eaten. I just had no idea what he was doing because yeah. that was just way too early for a rooster. Yeah, eat. but it was this poultry farm with ducks and turkeys and ostriches and apparently cows, but we didn't see those um, and dogs that were running around that were really funny and cute um, and a public pool that kids came in and were like screaming and having a good time and the guy who owned the place sold a bunch of teenage boys like one bottle of beer for them to split oh really and mix with a coca-cola oh, yeah, which i'd never out. seen before <laughs> like a mixed drink of uh beer and coca-cola and it was like a light beer that is a it was hilarious questionable practice in my opinion no they were like 16 years old oh okay yeah I like, was thinking a little younger. No, 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 no. They were they were like full on teenagers, but you could tell they hadn't had a lot of booze before in their life because they were sipping it. This is light beer mixed with Coca Cola, and they're doing that thing. You know when you take a shot and you go, ah, yeah, after and like squint and like ooh, shake it out. Yeah, they were doing that, but for like sips of their like beer mixed with Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah, that is. I you see, I, they were wholesome enough and clearly inexperienced enough with it that I felt like it was just kind of cute. Yeah, that guy very clearly wanted his little thing his to blow little, up. To blow up. Yeah, yeah, he was like doing everything he can to make he sure could. we wrote reviews of it, which yeah. we should because it was a really nice place. I, I already reviewed it. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. I I liked the ostriches. Yeah, I had were, never seen ostriches before in my real huge. life. Huge. They are very terrifying. big. Yeah. They're terror birds. When you get that, <laughs> when you get that close to them, they look at you like they want to peck your eyes out. Yeah, as soon as you walk up toward the thing, they get kind of like they all stretch up their heads to full height and then opened their mouths and hissed. Yeah, yeah. Which was terrifying. I'm scared of birds anyway, like little birds. Yeah. Anyway, they're terrible. So then we left from there and we crossed the border into Peru. Yeah, and the border crossing was good. I liked this one a lot more because I didn't have to bribe anyone. (laughs) Because <laughs> we didn't overstay our visa. Yeah, no, we didn't do anything yeah. wrong in Ecuador, Yeah, as far as we know. As far as we know. They still don't know about that one baby seal. <sighs> Adam. <laughs> <laughs> um, the crossing was basically the exact same process that we needed to do when crossing into uh, Ecuador from Colombia. We needed to cancel our vehicle permit, 
which we just, that just means like going into an office somewhere, getting a stamp on it, and then doing normal customs that you would do no matter, or not customs, normal immigration that you Mm -hmm. would do anywhere you went. Mm -hmm. So you get an exit stamp Mm -hmm. from Ecuador and Mm -hmm. an entrance stamp from Peru. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, both times, Maggie just got like really, really really quick stamp. Mm -hmm. And then for me, they took a really long time and they told Maggie to go ahead and I had to stand at the desk in suspense while this lady like got up and went, she's like, she took my passport and she went in the back and I'm like, what did I do? What, what's wrong? What could possibly be different between me and Maggie? Remember when Sergey said that you look like CIA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the mustache is throwing them off. Yeah. Uh, they you look like seventies narcos DEA. <laughs> I think actually what happened though, was she just went in the back to get the other coworker. Because yeah. the line was getting long. Uh, but it's like, really, did you have to take my passport and say <laughs> nothing and like be really creepy about it in the middle of my process? Like, I was like, geez. Probably. She probably yeah. had to do that. Uh. <laughs> so um, that was easy. And then mm-hmm. we needed to sit down with a guy who does the same exact process that we did in in uh, Ecuador, which is like, what's your vehicle? Let me see the title. Where's the VIN number? They get all this these parameters around your vehicle and they prepare a temporary import permit and they stamp it, and that's all of that. And he was the first of two people to ask us if we're brother and sister. Yeah, we're... In Peru. I think now that we're both tan, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't And then it. he was like, because you guys have similar eyes. Yeah. And being an Asian person, I was like, do we? Yeah. <laughs> my eyes are green or yeah. like light colored. Yeah. And so I was like, like uh, we look pretty different. Yeah. Although, ironically, you do look like a lot of the men from my grandfather's side of the family on my dad's side yeah yeah. so like distant relation i can see but brother and sister yeah that was the first man and we have wedding rings on and we're like yeah yeah um and now we're in peru so yeah we crossed the border no hassling there weren't a lot of weird people that were like trying to change money or help you with the process no 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 scamminess there's but there apparently is a lot of scamminess at a lot of borders but not this one this Hmm. one was great yeah. So overall, thumbs up on that. And yeah. then we... Um, oh, we went to the best camp spot. Yeah, you liked that one. I posted a picture of it on our Instagram. Um, it's the last, second to last post um, of yeah. like the palm trees. Oh, the video. You yeah. posted a video of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a super nice camp spot. Yeah, I just, liked it. It was, it was really was... pretty. It was really clean. There was a hot shower. There was Wi-Fi. There was cold water you could buy. You could buy sodas. It was very comfortable temperatures yeah. outside. Yeah. Not too windy. And there were other friendly overlanders there, which was cool. Yeah, Swiss Wasi is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And there was a family from France right next to us uh-huh. um, with their son who, this is a cool thing I didn't realize. If you homeschool your kid in France, the government still gives you all the books and stuff you need to do it, which I think is like a really cool system. Yeah, yeah. I think. It still op- shows an investment in the kid's exactly, education. yeah. And it also standardizes the education or right. the curriculum. Yeah. To be like, this is what you should be Evolution up to. is real. Yeah. Evolution. <laughs> it's an American homeschooling joke. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, because um, you can teach them whatever they you want and because there are still people who teach that evolution is not real. Oh, right, right, right. right. Anyway, good talk. Good, I see. Good joke, Maggie. Good one. One person will laugh. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> And we met um, an Australian family who had a four-year-old daughter, or just about four. She turns four this coming year, who was flippin' adorable, named Kaya. Yeah, she was really excited to point out all the things. Yes. 
she like once we introduced ourselves to her she had like a lot of directions for us including but not limited to like hold this feather now hold hands with my mom now hold this feather with my mom while i limbo underneath it or try to tear it away from you guys now you guys have to pretend to do tug of war together now give me the feather back now give me the feather back (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh and also there was a demon dog at that site yeah it's a we actually our friend of the show swimat That's uh, how you say it. That's how you say it. Um, <laughs> Swimat helped us actually and f- identified the exact species it was. And mm-hmm. it's a Mexican healing dog. And there's a much more complicated name that's hard to pronounce. A Mexican hairless, something like Aztec name with like a bajillion yeah. consonants. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce and that. X's. Um, but it's this freaky dog that looks like Cerberus. Uh, one's the, one of the dogs of hell or uh, the dog of hell that has three heads. It's yeah, a it's so a hellhound is what I'm saying. Yeah. He was from hell. Yeah. He previously guarded the gates of hell. Right. Here are the clues. One, he had no hair except for strange little tufts of gray hairs that popped out at weird places, but particularly the end of his tail, his pointy little tail. He was super territorial. So if other dogs came around, he would like just chase them. I'm so sick of these dogs. <laughs> and then he peed on our stuff. Yeah. So we constantly That's... had to make sure he wasn't coming by our camp because... Yeah. He would have peed I, on everything if we let him, including our solar panel. I hate these dogs. Um, he bristled to the touch, like if you touched him at all. Because I tried to make friends with him because he was really territorial. And the first night we were there, I went to the bathroom. And as I was coming out, he ran at me full speed barking. And it scared the shit out of me. Like I actually like ran up our ladder because I was afraid he was going to like come bite me. Um, So... Not friendly. So I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to make friends with this dog during the day so he doesn't do this again. If I just have to pee like a normal person. Um, and so I tried like touching his back and he, it like his skin like prickles where you touch him. Yeah. I, he doesn't like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. was gross. I touched him. He was gross. But it's gross. It's, it's gross. It's, he has skin. It's like touching <laughs> no like it's a skin. dehydrated old man. Yeah. With like really taut skin that prickles. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was gross. Yeah. Um, and also he was the devil. Yeah. So no more dogs. I'm I'm just trying to put the X on all dogs. I think now that dogs have peed on our wheels, other dogs are always going to be attracted to mm-hmm. our wheels to pee on. In the next campsite, our, our wheels got peed yeah. on again. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm having no dogs. That's our new policy. Our, our wheels are going to get peed on, bro. As soon as they, well, I just, if they just pee on the wheels and that's <laughs> all they ever peed on. Okay, but I feel like once they peed on the wheels, they feel free to pee around the other stuff, and there's a lot of fabricy things that we put near the ground right. that would be catastrophic for them to pee on. Not catastrophic, but it's not exaggerate. Be but really gross. It would be a rage supernova if that <laughs> happened. Um, but that was my favorite campsite. It was great. Yeah. Of all the campsites we've been to, I think. Yep. It was I, really nice. We, it was hard to leave. We stayed three nights. Yeah. Just kind of flopped around on the beach. Yeah. Had a routine where we'd go swimming in the ocean, we'd come and rinse off, we'd do some work. So then we headed out of there. And we went to a weird hippie commune camp spot. Yeah, it was one of those uh, hostile vibes where there are like 10 people that are roughly loosely associated with a hostel. Like th- there's people that are just kind of glommed on and yeah. like seem to also. Who are all in their there. early 20s and like. Yeah. Also all drinking and like. So you can't tell who you should ask for anything, but there's like, right when we first got in, um, one of the reasons we chose it is because they make really good drinks. So I got a Pisco <laughs> Sour and it was hella good. And I yeah. was like, ooh, I want another one of those. But then it was impossible to figure out who uh, 
who to ask well, and i didn't want to like interrupt people who were socializing me like yo make me a drink and also the power went out oh, and also seems the power to be went a, out, like a common a occurrence in the last two days it's out right now it's out yeah we're you <laughs> might actually hear a little background noise because they're running a huge generator actually it's stopped no i can hear it you have noise canceling headphones on oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, the, I mean, it was a cool hostel, and it was a great location. I think we would have liked to stay there more, despite the weird, like, clicky vibe that it had. But the wind was so intense. <sighs> and it I don't think it's always this way. I just asked the uh, the hotel person here, mm-hmm. is it always this windy? And they're like, no, no, just these last two days. Like, mm. very adamant that it's like, this is exceptional. And that yeah. might have something to do with why the power has been out in the last two days so much where we are in the places uh, that we are. So we went to like a local market in between the dream camp spot and the hippie camp spot. Yeah, um, I liked it. It's a lot of flies. You so just got to square yourself with like a lot of insects. Northern Peru hasn't had any large cities. We we drove through one yesterday on the way here, but for buying groceries, we've been our only options have been going to these local markets, which is something that I would like to do more often, despite mm-hmm. the swarm of flies and the all over the oppressive meat. smells. In the fish. Yeah, but that fish was delicious. The fish was good, but I did have to cook it facing into the wind as like hot hot gusts of dirt flew into my face. Yeah, so (laughs) this is a challenge between Maggie and I, I think. Like for me, I liked cooking in the wind actually. Uh Uh-huh. I, it's just like a, a puzzle kind of like you, it's like, can I put this down? No. You know what? I can't put this down. Maybe I can put it leaning against this like this and inside of this. Aha. And so you just have to constantly be aware that most of the stuff that you normally do when you're cooking isn't going to fly and double check your work. But I think Maggie's just not, not having any of into it. into it. Not right now, at least. No. What? No. Who? <laughs> is that a PMS joke? <laughs> I don't Did know. Did you just make a PMS joke? I would never. If anyone's wondering where Adam's body is, it's in the Hotel Hostel <laughs> de los Delfines. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was really unpleasant. I did not like that. Plus, cooking fish while you're camping is kind of gross. W- why? Because you have to touch it with your fingers, uh, and it just it was gross. What? what? <laughs> di- How is it different than any other raw meat? It's smellier. It, but we have a, a sink. You just wash I know, your I did, but my fingers smelled like fish for the whole night, and it was gross. It, so It was gross. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Maggie's making kind of a big deal about it. No, it was unpleasant. It, it was hard. So while I was, was cooking, um, the plastic bag that had held the fish and was all sticky and disgusting and fishy mm-hmm. was underneath the salt shaker, but still blew away because the wind was that strong. It just knocked over the salt shaker, which is big. It's like one of those big Costco ones. And it flew off. And I was like, fuck, because I don't want to be a litter bug. So I go sprinting after it. And as I'm sprinting after it, I'm like, Adam, where are you? Because the fish is cooking and things are happening. And I like didn't want to like leave everything unattended. And as I turn around <laughs> to see where he is, there is a dog coming toward our camp. And I'm like, it's going to eat the fish. It's going to pee on everything. I don't even know. So I'm like trying to yell at the dog and trying to run at the same time. Anyway, it went really far. I came back and Maggie had prepared a great dinner and I stand by my decision to flee during (laughs) the cooking of said dinner. That's legit. Because (laughs) sometimes Maggie just needs space. (laughs) 
you know? <laughs> that is the most <laughs> polite way of being like, Maggie was in a shitty mood that day. <laughs> <laughs> Needed to be left alone. Yeah. For it, fear of my own life. So <laughs> Yeah. I think it's a, it makes sense though. We're really close quarters. And my instinct when Maggie's having a hard time is to offer suggestions, which is not what Maggie wants to hear. <laughs> she doesn't want like, oh, well, if you did it this way, the bag won't fly away. No, she doesn't want to hear that. She want, I don't actually know what she wants. So in, the, I in those cases- I just want you to go, oh, you're right. The world is an unjust and unfair place, but especially for you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll try to remember those exact <laughs> words and think of it as if I was Here, casting I a spell. Here, I brought you this chocolate bar. Oh, okay. Here, I brought you a chocolate bar. Yeah. But do I actually have to have a chocolate yes. bar? Because I think that could you backfire if I don't. You can't just and then not have yeah. a chocolate bar. That could be even worse. <laughs> that would be terrible. That would be a catastrophic problem. Yeah. Uh, to go back to what you said about not wanting to be a litter bug. Yeah, oh, we yeah. don't want to contribute to the problem. But that bag would have been in pretty good company. Yeah, we don't understand <laughs> it. Uh, a lot of like long stretches of road in this beautiful, beautiful landscape are just like cluttered with bags full of trash. Yeah, it seems like the municipal trash system is trash. Like they don't, they have a, they can't keep up with the amount, the volume of Mm -hmm. trash or something. And locals end up piling trash in certain places because one person puts a trash bag somewhere and then the next person that needs to throw something away is like oh well people are putting trash there i'll just put my trash there we need and then, to figure it out we need to get to the bottom yeah. of this and then it's fucking weird no one gets to the trash for like a week and then the wind rips it apart and yeah. it just scatters everywhere yeah and this happens in lots of places and so there's northern like, peru has been beautiful but there's also just, it's just covered in trash yeah there's just like styrofoam things and plastic bags and plastic bottles like fucking everywhere yeah Yeah. so um and now we're here yeah where is here what's here um what's the name of this place i'm about to get it it's famous for the one of the world's longest left breaking waves according to good i listened to you yeah and now i can't even remember the name that i told you um chica it's not Chica. That's the problem. Chikama. Chikama? Chikama, yeah. Chikama is like a huge wave that you can surf for two and a half kilometers or 2.2 kilometers without getting off the wave, mm-hmm. um, which is very remarkable. It's a left uh, But left the break. waves aren't big enough today to surf. Yeah, the weather's been kind of pooping on us lately. We've, the okay. wind, We're both sick. Yeah, I guess it's a good time for it to happen. Yeah. Um, the wind has been intense and... There's absolutely no surf at all. So, um, yeah. Uh, as going back to the local market, though, mm-hmm. one uh, discovery, uh, meat, meat discovery, mm-hmm. meat discovery, one might say, that Why I'm anyone say that? really excited about. <laughs> and I think, Maggie, you're excited about it too. Yeah, no, it's delish. Um, the way, one of the ways, so I bought, uh, describing a little bit more about the meat at these markets, it's very different than what you're used to in the U.S. The meat is just out in open air. And they are constantly waving towels and hats to keep flies off the meat. And it doesn't seem sanitary or safe. And we've eaten it for the last three days and are completely fine. Including that garbage chicken we ate. What do you mean garbage chicken? The one that tasted gross. No, 
that did not taste gross. Yes. I think you decided in your head that it was going to taste no, gross. No, it tasted gross. Because it you had were a weird out flavor. It. And then you <laughs> confirmed that it was a different kind of chicken. And I'm pretty sure it's a garbage chicken. I, in Colombia, they call them campesino chickens. And they're uh, a little yellowish. The skin is yellowish colored. And sometimes it's because they rub spices on them. But I think there's also a species that has a yellow skin. And that was one of these. And it was delicious. And I don't know Tasted. what Maggie's talking about. The aftertaste was kind of garbagey. So these like actual the way that garbage smells. Maggie, <laughs> <laughs> these legs that I'm about to describe were from the same kind of chicken. No. Yeah. So it's weird that you're. No, that one chicken yeah. was the most disgusting chicken I've ever eaten. <laughs> it was fine. It I overcooked like it, garbage. so it was charred, and maybe that's why Maggie maybe. hated it. It was gross. Um, but they had this meat out just sitting out on the counter and they also have fish and we bought some fish, we bought a chicken and we bought some chicken legs because they don't have a lot of beef or lamb going on in this region of the world. Um, and I love the chicken, but one of the things that they did that was amazing is they, the chicken legs, I bought two and then the lady's like, how are you going to cook it? And I said, I'm going to cook it. I'm going to fry it in a pan. Mm-hmm. She's like, ah, gotcha. And she knew she took out this little butcher knife, very sharp, like medium butcher knife medium sized and she just started hacking at this thing and at first I was like ah but then I <laughs> she had mauled it so badly in the first 10 seconds that I was like all right I'm just going to let you finish here and basically what she's doing is chopping at it and splitting bones and cutting in a certain way in certain places to cause it to become a huge flat pancake which is delicious in a frying pan because yeah. it has the it's the fattiest part of the chicken already the chicken leg and the meat is my favorite type of meat on a chicken. Fact, yes. So, hold on, I have to pause for a second. My mouth is watering. Oh my God, you're so gross. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I'm ready. And the, so it's my favorite kind of meat and it fries up deliciously. And it does. it's really convenient for the way we're cooking in a big cast iron pan. You can just flop it in a cast iron pan and spray it with all the spices afterwards. You don't have to think about it ahead of time. You can just keep it in the pan without having an intermediate surface to dress it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's pretty delicious and adam's cooked it two days in a row and it's been bomb the only quibble i have with preparing meat that way is that it means that there are little shards of bone yeah all throughout it so you have to eat it really carefully yeah but still it's it, i think it's my favorite thing meat wise that i've discovered here yeah it was good it was good yeah um should we get to your technical corner sure here, buddy what's in the technical corner uh my technical corner this week is we're having a slight wait should we make up a jingle for Adam's technical corner? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> All right, bluff called. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the jingle, Maggie? Yeah. Maggie is going to sing for us now. <laughs> so, this week we're having an intermittent problem that's starting, and I'm not sure about the severity. I'm actually, I did a little research just now. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a big deal, and there's actually a pretty cool counterintuitive but easy solution that I can try first. Um, so we're having a squeak, a belt squeak, and we have a little bit of a squeak when we start the car and then immediately yank the steering all the way to the left or the right. And I have never been too concerned with a little bit of a startup squeak because the belts are not warm at all. And so that what that noise is, is it's just slipping. Um, but going back a step, what are the belts? The belts are the drive belts of a vehicle. What is a belt? <laughs> <laughs> They're these rubber belts that are attached to the engine. So the engine has this part that protrudes and spins really quickly just for the purpose 
of attaching belts to it. And these belts then attach to other uh, pieces of equipment in the vehicle. I'm not sure how long uh, vehicle manufacturers have been doing this, but it probably goes back to the 50s or the 40s. Like It makes a lot of sense. One of the main things that is powered by a belt is the alternator, which is what generates electricity for the car. And cars that have air conditioning, such as ours, our air conditioning is powered by a belt. And our power steering pump is powered by a belt. Um, so these belts in the Toyota 4Runner, there's three separate belts for each of those components that I mentioned. Uh, other vehicles have what's called a serpentine belt that winds its way through like all of those components in a really complex path. Um, anyway, our belts are squeaking. It's hard to tell exactly which is squeaking, but when we're accelerating at a certain speed, it seems like, and when the transmission kicks from one gear to another, we hear a little bit of a chirp. And Maggie has confirmed. You've heard, you've mm-hmm. heard that noise, mm-hmm. right? I have indeed. So it goes, it's like it's, it's just very, very short. <laughs> What's it like, Adam? But it's problematic because it's happening during driving. I've always been okay with it, like when it's a startup thing. So I researched, like, okay, what's the deal? One of the things you can check is the tightness of the belts. You can just press on them and see how much give. And you want about a quarter of an inch or a half an inch. Uh, And everything seems tight enough. Our belts are pretty new. They're in good shape. But I found this one piece of advice that is very counterintuitive to me that I really want to try. Is it just cut the belts in half? No. That would... (laughs) This is why we don't have a Maggie's Technical Corner. It's actually to apply WD-40, um, which, right, doesn't even, even to your... I haven't... No? No, I I haven't explained this well enough for you to care. Man, like, not to, like, you know, corroborate a bunch of really heteronormative (laughs) stereotypes about men and women, but, like, I just don't give a shit, pal. Okay. Um, yeah, so putting on WD-40 seems like it would just cause the belt to slip worse, but apparently the belt absorbs it and becomes a, just a better material for being a belt. Um, and I think I'm going to try it because that's very easy for me to try. Just try a little WD-40 and see how it conditions the belt um, and hopefully oh. it makes it slip a little less. And that is Adam's technical corner. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Maggie, mm-hmm. How, how's your fort? It's really good. How's Maggie's self-care pillow fort doing? Um, it's good. We made an extra stop at a bodega. Adam alluded to nicely that I'm PMSing really I, hard I right now. I did no such thing. <laughs> you are putting uh, words in my mouth. And the mouth. one thing that makes me feel calm and good while all of that's going on is chocolate. So, <laughs> Not to be a lightning rod for any further ire, <laughs> but she says chocolate. She likes candy. She just means candy. Like milk chocolate. It's not the actual chocolate content that is it's the taste. important, I think. It's the I, taste and the sugar. I used to be like, oh, interesting. I'm on board with this medicinal use of chocolate. And I would get her like 85% dark chocolate. And she'd be like, mm, okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> kind of go along with it and have a few pieces. And it, I think actually maybe it worked. But I don't know. It, 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 it seems like trick. it's more about a Snickers or maybe some trolley gummy worms. No, trolley gummy worms don't do it. Uh, <laughs> it has to be like a chocolate product. Okay. But I think I like it to be like numbers. Sweet. Yeah, numbers. You want some numbers. Num nums. I think so it's we more made of comfort eating. An extra stop at a bodega and got some chocolate covered peanut thing. And then we made, when we went to the big grocery store to stock up, 
I bought some safety Snickers yeah, and I put it, them in the fridge. Up in northern Peru, before we got to the first large city, we it was really hard to find in these smaller towns any sort of candy bar that we could recognize or even eat because of yeah. the gluten It was thing. a lot of cookies and not a lot of yeah. chocolate bars. Yeah. So Maggie found some Peruvian candy. Do you remember the name of that? It wasn't Peruvian. It was a Nestle product. Oh, well, that, they're everywhere, but it, it's manufactured um, here and made sublime 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 they're like little chocolate rods with peanuts in them yeah so they did the trick they they held us over yeah and then when we got to the big city we found snickers and that was very now we have an emergency supply of stickers Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we're in good shape so that's your self-care yeah Yeah. application of snickers yeah application of wd-40 nailed it for both the technical and the emotional support needs Mm mm-hmm uh, should we get to our three B's? Sure. Adam, um, what is your choice for beautiful? Beautiful. It's a little bit strange, but while we were driving yesterday, we had a seven and a half hour drive, and we went through this one stretch through a sand dune region, and it was very windy, and there were these drifts of sand across the road that looked like rivers, basically like little streams of sand constantly and the road is very very black the sand is almost perfectly white a little mm-hmm. bit of an orange tint to it but it was just a really beautiful landscape and a beautiful kind of phenomena that was yeah. happening right in front of us on the road it was super otherworldly like, yeah strange looking i've never seen anything quite like that it was also a really strange uh sand dune environment because it had a lot of sand but there are also a lot of these weird short shrub plants mm-hmm. like greenish yeah for contrast yeah and it was just you couldn't see very far. We were kind of in a sandstorm because like the whole area was a little orangish tint yeah. because of the sand that was in the air from the wind. So I wanted really cool. to take pictures, but it was like one of those things that I didn't was want to not get out of the come car. Out. Yeah, it was not going to work. And also we changed drivers at one point, like we just switched. And in that time, I got so much dirt in directly in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that was a good choice. That was really beautiful. Your pick, Maggie? Um, so we've passed all these little fishing villages. And so there'll be these groups of like 30 boats or so fishing boats that'll all be crowded in one space where they all fish. And overhead, there'll be like these huge flocks of frigate birds circling over them. Yeah. And it's really beautiful. Yeah, the boats, um, they kind of cluster in a weird way too. Where yeah. I notice like all the small ones park on one side and the big ones on another side. Yeah. So it seems like they're arranged... Yeah. Like a like a piece of terrain, you know, like it, they yeah yeah they, I know they what you look mean. like they fit kind of yeah. So that's my choice for beautiful. Yeah. What is your choice for brutal? Um, we had an amazing campsite to start in mm-hmm. Peru, mm-hmm. and we stayed there a long time. I feel like we stayed the right amount of time, but it's been very brutal thereafter because we've been searching for a good place to camp on the beach and surf do all these outside nature things and it has been extremely windy everywhere we have gone and i guess i I feel like i want to clarify because wind is actually one of my favorite things like i love a good like getting beat up by the wind a little bit this is beyond that like kind of normal windiness it's like hold on to your butts windiness yeah (laughs) when we stayed the first night in the wind i actually had to reposition the car because i was worried that the wind at like midnight potentially damage the tent because we have this huge tent and it's basically a giant sail of fabric. Um, and the only way to really park it safely in, in this much wind is to point it directly into the wind so that the triangle wedge shape is pointed into mm-hmm. the wind. 
and we are off a little bit. And so we just get these huge whacks of the fabric that I was just afraid was going to slowly rip like yeah. a hole. No, that was legit. It was so loud. I didn't sleep much at all that yeah. night. It was really intense. But changing the direction really did help. So yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, Maggie, what about you? What about your brutal pick? I mean, cooking fish in hot, terrible wind seems like an obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to change it to the single flea bite I have on my foot. Oh, yeah. So there were also dogs at that hippie commune hostel camping spot that was super windy. She touched them again. There was one dog that was really cute, and she was really friendly, and she had a plastic bottle, and she liked to play fetch with it. So I played fetch with her because everyone played fetch with her because she was a good dog. And, and now I have a single flea bite. She got a flea and bite. The brutal thing is not the flea bite. <laughs> it's the fear that there are more flea bites to come. Yeah. Or that I have given Adam fleas again. Yeah, because <laughs> the thing is, Maggie's not a great host for fleas. She doesn't have hairy legs. I am an amazing host for fleas, <laughs> as far as humans go. Yeah, you're pretty hairy. So if we get fleas, really it just means I get fleas. Because the fleas <laughs> go to their best option, and I am their best option. Yeah. So now Maggie... I have to kind of keep it arm's length. <laughs> Tell her to get off my bed and Maggie, stay, no. out, stay outside. No. <laughs> and I got to make you sure. Stay over there. She keeps trying to pee on our wheels too. So I'm like, Maggie, <laughs> no. Uh, so that's my choice for brutal. Yep. What's your choice for bizarre? Uh, ostriches. What are they even? Yeah, I mean, what are they? They are so weird. They're, they look at you, the hissing, they tilt their heads. They like make their wings big and like mm-hmm. they're huge. They their necks. I when you see an animal, you know that the reach of their their attacking implements is a lot longer than what they're presenting because they're not yeah. like reaching as far as they can when they're looking at you. Yeah. So you're standing five feet away, and then you start to think like, could this thing peck out my eyes right now? <laughs> like, am I standing too close? Yeah, I had a lot of that. So yeah. they're. They're very bizarre to look at, though. Yeah. I had a lot of fun just walking up and down next to their paddock because uh-huh. um, they would follow me. Just pacing? Yeah. Just pacing like six, seven feet away from the fence. Just taunting the ostriches. Kind of, yeah, because they're, they're so scary, but they're also behind a wall. So you're like, well, what you going to do, pal? So the big male that I noticed had pecked a bunch of the feathers off of the subordinate male and the female uh-huh. um, would just follow me and be a jerk and be like, ah. Oh, yeah, hissing. Which is the sound it makes instead of hissing. Kind of silent hissing. Yeah, it just opens its mouth and like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, they're jerks. What about yours, Maggie? Bizarre. Um, I'm going to say getting pulled over by the police last night, Ooh. which we forgot to talk about. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you don't have permits for your tinted windows. We. It's one of those um, tempting fate things or whatever. It's a law. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Well, I just mean we had said to each other, "Oh, wow, the you know the police here are pretty chill. Like we're not having yeah, we'd gone problems. through like a bunch of checkpoints, and they were like, whatever, just the, keep the going. checkpoints are pretty chill. Yeah. Um, I actually know that that's Peruvian police are going to be our first, maybe our only, maybe Argentinian also, mm-hmm. where we might get some more of like the shadiness and the bribes, and it's a little dicier. Um, oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. Uh. So, anyway, we. Right after commenting, like half an hour later, we get to a checkpoint where police are just stopping cars at random and we get pulled over. 
and the guy is a, a younger guy. I can get a jerky vibe from him a little bit and kind of fishing for something to be wrong. And he goes through all our documents and it's already taken like five minutes. And then he starts talking about our windows and how our windows are tinted and how that's not noted on our temporary import permit. And we start playing a little dumb, a kind of a combination of dumb and like, well, we did everything right. And, and just kind of repeating the same thing. Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of lying, right? Because we're like, oh, the guy inspected our car and he, everything. I thought he did inspect. He didn't our visually car. look at our car. Oh, <laughs> I just believed you. Yeah, but I mean, that's uh, you got to say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I gotta, totally believed you. I was telling the truth. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I wasn't telling the truth. You gotta, oh. you gotta stretch the truth to, oh, to fit I, the situation. Oh man, I'm such a sucker. Mostly. Um. <laughs> uh, anyway. And but so go ahead. Yeah, he just he like kept being like, and he was like getting increasingly angry about it too. Or he's like, "Well, you have to have a permit for it. Like, you don't know. Like, yeah, this, that, and the other thing." And we're so like, "Okay, well." At, at at this point in the conversation, we don't even know if that's true. Yeah. Like, we don't. We didn't research it. Um, Maggie and I have a hand gesture that I think is a pretty good hand gesture because you can slip it in pretty easily. When you think a, something's a scam, as a nervous tick, it looks like a nervous tick, and we just. Basically, I just slapped the top of my hand with my other hand, and you know we communicated to each other very clearly, like this is a scam. Let's just keep them going. Yeah. That's the strategy for dealing like, for with bribe attempts. Um, is just like I don't understand, and just just keep stringing yeah, we them just along. Said, kept saying like we don't understand. Like we talk to everyone yeah. at customs. Like we don't understand what we've done wrong. So then he goes over to who I'm guessing was his superior officer. He's like an older guy, um, and asked him. And the guy was like, so wait, how long have you guys been in the country? And I was like, four days. And Adam was like, two weeks. And I was like, what? Well, first I said two, <laughs> two months. And then, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, wait, I mean two weeks. You know, yeah. not on purpose. I just misspoke. But uh -oh. like, I was just trying to make it sound like a little bit longer. Yeah. Anyway. A, and if they looked at our paperwork and were like, oh, wait, you've only been here. It was, I think it was actually seven days. Right. Mm -hmm. If they noticed that, I, would just, I could have just been like, oh, I guess it I, seemed longer whatever but the point being i said five times we had been stopped by the police and no yeah. one had a problem with yeah. it and, and then eventually the young guy was like well get back in your car get back in your car and like being like really angry i was like whoa, whoa, whoa okay so i like actually did the thing where you like put your hands in the air <laughs> and like walk to the car and then he was like okay now you guys know bye we're like oh yeah okay so now we have to decide if we're gonna go get the permit no we're not going to oh <laughs> I mean, it, it costs less than a hundred bucks. It's just a lot of time. Based on what you looked up, yeah, uh, it, what it doesn't seem like it. It's a an actual law, but it for the most part is not enforced. Yeah, there are tons of cars with tinting. It's one of those things that apparently is uh, potential for a bribe. So you get pulled over and you just give the police officer a very small amount of money. Is like what thirty cents. Some people said, yeah, yeah, like thirty cents, basically one soul. And then just continue on your way. Yeah. And I don't want to pay bribes, especially about frivolous things. So I think what we did is we might just have to go through that a few times if we get pulled it over again. It took like again. 25 minutes. Yeah, we just spend, we, you know, waste the officer's time. And it's just yeah. like, uh, what do we do? Should we do this? And then the, the very last thing that you can offer is like, okay, well, let's go to the police station and figure it out. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do this here. If they ask for a bribe, is what you can you can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just wasted time until they realized that this is pointless. They're not going to offer to just pay money right now. I think that's what the younger guy was hoping for us to just be like, oh, here's five souls. So is. Um, can we, I don't can know. We take care of it. 
He was just an asshole. He, I could tell he was kind of fishing for something there. Like, that's yeah. why I was like, this is a scam. And, yeah. But it was a pain in the ass. And yeah. it was bizarre. No, oh, we forgot to talk about it, so it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, Maggie, mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw out there, I noticed driving. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're past the beginning of the trip. I know that sounds, seems weird to say because yeah. it's like <laughs> time-wise, like three, at least a third or almost We've half. We've been on the road since July 1st. Yeah. We're almost halfway through the longest prediction that we would ever take on the trip. So we're in our sixth month right now. Fifth, yeah, barely. <laughs> we just went into our sixth month. Yeah. But it felt, if, I don't know, it just feels like now we're really, we've made some progress through South America. Mm-hmm. We're in a groove. We're mo- making good time in places. I think we were in Colombia for such a long time yeah. that it can, that's, I think, where that feeling comes from. Yeah, I, now- I stopped feeling like we were at the beginning of our trip as soon as we got the car. Yeah. Yeah. And you got the re got the car. Yeah. We left got in the, the car. car. Sorry. In yeah. um Columbia. I was right. like, okay, now this is real. Like now we're driving in South America. Now this is not like you know, we're not just like in Cuba fucking around anymore. Like we're gonna be in our car going places and doing things. Yeah. Right. I felt like that was the beginning of the trip. But mm-hmm. now I'd say we're in phase wise, like we've progressed into the middle part of the trip. It feels yeah. like First act, second act, third act. We're we're in the second act now. We're yeah, I'd say second act probably started when I got back from my second book thing. Maybe yeah. Yeah, because then it's like we're not going home at all anymore for the rest of the trip. Yeah, we're really on the road. Um, yeah, and now we've gone through two countries and we're on to our third. So yeah. that's exciting. And I'm really excited for the next part. We're we're gonna head probably into the mountains. We haven't mm-hmm. decided for sure, but we're looking at. Going to Huascaran National Park, I mm-hmm. think, which is near the city of Juarez. And it's at the city itself is at 9,000 feet, and the park gets up to like 15, 16,000 feet, different places. I'm sure the peaks go even higher. And it's really beautiful. And there are bizarre colored lakes, which is one I'm of so excited. Maggie's favorites. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do that. And then we're going to head to Lima and meet Maggie's dad, Do-do-do. who has been so kind. In offering, not offering, but agreeing. not offering. Well, I don't know how he would know to yeah. offer, but he has agreed to bring us a new trasheroo, the thing that we destroyed. Um, mm-hmm. And that is very kind because I feel like it's going to be a huge pain in the ass because he's going to have to check it probably. Yeah. So we really appreciate it. Yep. All right. Well, you can find us on Instagram at Let's Not Panic. You can find me on Twitter at EM. T-E-E-H-A-L-L. We're up to about 10 requests for a Let's Not Panic Twitter. That's pretty good. Eh. Are they talking Let's Not Panic with you on Twitter now? That's the real question. Not really. No? No. That's the other thing. It's like people are like, oh, you should have one. Yeah. And then silence? Yeah. (laughs) Long, awkward silence? Yeah. 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 So I'm going to say this is the compromise. I love Twitter and I'm on it a lot. If you want to chat, let's not panic stuff. You can always talk to me there. Yeah, and um, I guess you can talk to me there. Although I'll probably just forward your tweet to Maggie. It's true. He'll do that. So you might as well have me do it. And I write down things that he says anyway. So she's my proxy tweeter. I'm trying to get her to run my account. But I'm she's not going to do that. So it's so that. much work to run someone's Twitter I, I account. I hate Twitter. I hate. You're it. wrong. It's so much fun. It's a delight. I don't know how to use it well. I just. Yeah. I don't want people to talk to me on yeah, it. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I just want it to be 
me putting my thoughts out there and then everyone thinking I'm brilliant. Can I, is there a social network for that? Yeah. So if you want, to I don't hear, know if I sighed loudly <laughs> enough. So if you want to hear my thoughts and think I'm brilliant, I'm Adam and then not expect a response and get no response. <laughs> um, it's Adam a wolf on Twitter. Yeah. Nine letters long. Yeah. Anyway, you can also, um, what's the word? Subscribe and review to us. Yeah, what? Review to us. I'm so drunk that's right what, now. That's apparently. what they say. That's what anyway. the kids are doing these days. <laughs> you can subscribe to us and review us on iTunes. Yep. And we love it when you do that. It's it true. It makes us so Warm. happy. Yeah. Worms are cold, cold little hearts. Or cold if we're experiencing a fever and we need a little relief. <laughs> It's a cool, cool relief from that fever. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Really equalizes our temperatures. Oh my God. Thanks, guys. This is what it sounds like where we are.